0: Presented by AT and T. Connecting changes everything.
5: Ron and Anian, and he kept talking about this vanity light. What vanity light are you talking about? He goes, you know, the one above the sun visor. That's not a removable cover. They broke it.
1: The Car Doctor. So wait a minute. Yeah. They broke
5: his vet and he wasn't upset? They broke his vet and he wasn't upset. What's the matter with him? I don't know.
4: Welcome
1: to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone
5: and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's
4: Ronnie. I go to
5: the chiropractor once a week. I have for the past, I don't know, 30 years. It's just something I do. And... You know, most of the time, the trip to the chiropractor, that weekly expedition, is, you know, pretty mundane. You get up, you you leave the house, you go to the chiropractor, and, you know, you get adjusted, you come back, you're done. It's such a nice day here in the Northeast today. It really is. It's just, it's, it's about nine degrees too warm for the hot rod, but, you know, it's okay. So I took the hot rod this morning. For those of you that are new to the show, you know, a, a black two-door 55 Chevy, right? Who couldn't have fun in this thing? ask uh, harrison ford so and it's always you know what there's something about driving a, a, a hot rod i I'm, i i think it has to do with you know i always think of that that not, not the stereotype this but i always look back to that scene the last scene in american graffiti 2 where milner beats the factory when they're at the track and they're they're drag racing there's that defiance of authority right and that's that's what America is. I mean, let's face it. When we broke away from England, we were defying authority. We threw the tea into the harbor and sh- all of a sudden, hey, we create a country. Let's go. So maybe it's American to, to, you know, defy authority like that and to stand up to the big guys and say, hey, enough is enough. So hot rods to me just become that, that, that moment of defiance. That's that I'm standing here and I'm saying, here's who I am. So I felt like having a here's who I am moment I took the hot rod to the chiropractor this morning Make a long story short, although this is getting longer And it's kind of neat You're just zooming along Saturday morning Just mining your P's and Q's And, you know, air flowing through the car Your hair in the breeze, what little you have left Because you're old now And you're not a kid anymore, but you're still, you know And as I was going down and I got to the chiropractor and that was normal and it was fun. You know, I got to the chiropractor. They all knew I was coming because I had the headers open like, you know, I don't think the headers have been closed once in nine years. But, um, you know, I came in, rumbled the building, shook everybody up, you know, elbowed some elbows and, you know, wore my mask, went in, got adjusted, came out and zipped down Route 17 South through Paramus in North Jersey. And, yeah, the car kind of gets away from you. It just does. I mean, it's just it's it's no different than any other hot rod. And you kind of lose track of what you're driving in the sense that you're just sort of zooming along and you know there's no radio on. you're just you you're listening to it, and that's the best music you can hear is, is the sound of the car. But you're always aware, you you have to be aware, because you're driving this black two-door 55, and, you know, it's a different world out there today. The guy in the Prius that was in front of me at the traffic light on the way to the chiropractor, he saw it coming up, and I pulled up to stop behind him. He got so nervous, he ran the red light. I think I scared his Prius. Not hard to believe. So as I'm zooming down Route 17 South, you know, I don't know, 80, 85, just kind of zooming along there and trying to keep up with the flow of traffic. I notice in the rear view mirror, there's a white Mercedes Benz, and he's coming up hard and he's just trying to catch up to me and you can see he's really going out of his way. And as they get closer, because I'm trying to watch the road ahead and I'm watching the guy behind me, you know, I'm starting to wonder how safe is this guy. And as he gets closer to me, I see it's a dad. It's a dad, a mom and three kids in the backseat of this Benz. And the dad's pointing at black. Yeah, that's what it's black one, black two. This is black two. Dad's pointing at black two. And he's, you can see him going, look at the car, look at the car. And he finally caught up to me. I slowed down a little bit. I don't want to strain the Mercedes. And they went by. And as I went by, the kids were all with their phones, They're they're taking pictures with their phones of this, you know, old black car going down the road. And I thought to myself, you know, uh, there's A microcosm of society There's a lot of societal things That come up as a result of cars In the case of hot rods it's You're, you're carving out a moment in time Because every one of those kids Maybe At least one of them 50 years from now Will remember the time when dad chased down the black car on the road and we got to take pictures of it. Wasn't it neat? Wasn't that a loud car? Didn't it look funny? It looks so different than ours. And you can see the conversation in your head. And the glee in the kids' eyes kind of gave me hope for the future. Maybe somebody will, maybe kids will, maybe maybe hot rotting will come back. That That moment where everybody gets to display their intelligence and mechanical ability by being artists with automobiles. But it was a... It was a moment that that defined who we are. It had nothing to do with ethnicity, with race, with political belief, with religious belief. It was, hey, look at this car. This is neat. And then they were gone. And I knew that, you know, I had created something and the family would talk about that. And dad got the his chest. Hey, look, I caught the car. And I couldn't help but think, you know what? That's something that'll never happen if you're driving a Toyota Camry. Because who goes chasing a Toyota camera to say, hey, look at that car. Isn't that neat? Look, it's got GPS, factory power windows. It's got self-steering. It's got crash avoidance. Nobody cares. It doesn't mean anything. But hot rods, that's a defining American moment. That's, That's a moment of here's who we are, here's what we can do, and here's what we've created. And it was just a good time. And there's never a bad time driving a hot rod. And I just think, you know, maybe we need more of them. And maybe it'll help define who we are and what we can do with cars, because we sure used to be able to do a lot of things. And now I think cars are just getting too boring. But, you know, we'll see. In any event, whatever you're driving and whatever it is that uh, you happen to be working on, uh, that's what this radio show is here for. Not just talking about hot rods, but talking about your car and its problems, because that's what I do you know we're uh, we're here to welcome a few new affiliates this week and we're glad to have you as always along with the others and you know if you've got any questions comments or concerns 8555609900 is the phone number by all means give us a call that number is 24/7 by the way tom ray the exquisite ex- executive producer of this radio broadcast is uh, always around and always ready to answer the phone and put you on in the next live uh, Next live broadcast as we uh, monitor forward. Let's get over to the phones. Let's go to Richard in Virginia. Richard's got some questions about rebuilding engines. Richard, Ron and in the car doctor at your service, sir. How can I help?
2: Well, no, I don't, I don't. I don't have a question about rebuilding. I've rebuilt thousands of them. I am an ASE certified heavy diesel mechanic. And you were talking last week about laying there in your bed thinking about a repair on some car. Okay. Right. And that and that really hit. It really hit a nut with me because. Back when I was building engines, I would lay there in the bed before I went to sleep and go every bolt, you know, over every bolt that I touched to make sure I talked it right and everything was done
5: before I could lay my head down. And it, you know, just, it's just part of being us. Yeah, just part of being us. And you, you think about the liability, right, involved in, in, in engine repair. To me, it's the closest thing to open heart surgery a mechanic can do because you're into everything. You're responsible for every piece in that engine to make sure it operates, and and look at the skill level in, in, involved and in, uh, that's required of you, right, Richard? That you, you know, you oh, take. Oh, yeah,
2: certainly. Uh, um, you, it, 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 it's just I hard to, to express. I went to school and was and was classically trained in this stuff. You know, I can add and subtract in thousands. You know, I I, I read micrometers. I've mic'd all this stuff. I plastic aids You know, it's just stuff you do to know that when you're done. You're putting a product out there that's 110, percent and the guy's going to drive it for 500 thousand miles.
5: Right, and are you retired now? Are you still doing it, or
2: no, no, sir? I will. I'm on the verge of retirement. I'm doing some fleet maintenance for for a a local city here, which is not it's not engine building, but you know, I still get to play with the computer some and and troubleshoot an issue every now and then. So it's it's not too bad. But yeah, I'm close to retirement.
5: Now is is there a next kid in line to take your place or is, is there a need for what no, you do anymore?
2: I tell you, um I ran an international dealer for about ten years and I had the hardest time to find somebody willing to come in and do the work. And I didn't understand because the job pays very well. You know, you're gonna make 60, 70 thousand a year. Right. You know, I don't understand, you know, but there's there's nobody out there filling those positions. Very few.
5: Well, and I guess it it sort of depends where you are and what part of the country. Right. You know, Virginia's cost of living is is, is so different in North Jersey. You need 60 grand a year to be broke.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, Sure. But down here in virginia you know it's not that kind of right it's not that kind of money you know it don't cost that
5: much to live right cost of living is, is different yeah no <laughs> yeah. no
2: absolutely it's a lot cheaper to live yeah
5: do you think it's because i'm not there's inviting
2: no... y'all down now i'm just saying
5: yeah no i get it richard i listen i'm, I'm right there with you i i often wonder who's who who or what is going to how is the next generation going to be enticed yeah. to want to work on cars Because I I don't know if, you know, I don't know if there's enough money and what is that going to cost? Somebody told me something interesting the other day. I haven't checked it out to see if it's true or not. We were talking about buying hand tools and somebody was telling me they were online. And for example, he was looking at an online tool dealer in Oklahoma. I don't know where versus an online tool dealer in North Jersey. And he was saying oh, yeah. the price of oh. Milwaukee power tools was substantially cheaper in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said, how can that be? I thought Milwaukee set their prices at one level and, uh, you know, mm. he, he said, no. He said, I think it has something to do with the cost of living. So I don't know. Do we adjust for that on a regional basis rolling across America? Well, you wonder. No,
2: no, because everybody has the Internet. Um, what's dying is that tool man that drove up in the truck. Right. Let you walk through this stuff. That job is coming to an end. That's going to disappear shortly.
5: Yeah. Um, You know, yeah, right now we, we, I mean, there was a time when we had Mac, Matgo, Cromwell would sniff around the front door of the shop and snap on. Right now we only have a snap-on guy and I'm I'm, I'm fine with that. And, you know, personally, I have to say, I say shame on Mac and Matgo and the rest of them that they haven't come up with a way to distribute tools minus the tool guy. There should be an easier way to do it than, you know, having to call the company and, and tools delivered. And I guess in this day and age of FedEx and UPS and everything else, we could do our shopping and have things sent back and forth that way. But they haven't developed a business model that does that. It seems like it's uh, it's too big of a deal. The,
2: um, the bad thing about it for us is, you know, you get in my line of work, you're going to end up with, you know, forty fifty thousand $50,000 worth of tools easy, you know, throughout your career, not too many jobs and make you show up with that.
5: Right. Well, you know, I always say, and we'll leave it here. I always say auto repair is one of the few industries I know of. You go to school, you spend two years in a trade school, you spend upwards of 40 or $50,000 for that education. And then you're expected to walk out the door, buy a toolbox, fill it to some level with basic tools. You'll have at least $100,000 invested in the first two years between your education and the price of the toolbox. And the repair shops, you know, what are they going to pay you? $15, $20 an hour? Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense. And yeah. we're, we're slowly shooting ourselves in the foot, and people are going to have to understand, you want to drive that rolling computer, you want to drive that expensive $100,000 car, It's going to take a rocket scientist to fix it, and you're going to have to start paying the price. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Richard, I want to thank you for the call, and I want to wish you well, and uh, I hope you have a good rest of the afternoon. I really enjoyed
2: the show, man. Thank Thank you you very much.
5: Thank you. Pleasure to be here for you. Thank you very much. 855-560-9900. Ron and The Car Doctor. We're running late, so let me hit the gate. I'll be back right after this.
6: Little GTO, you really look at Three and a four speed and a 389.
1: Need advice on how to
6: maintain that classic GTO? Ron is the guy. 855 560
5: 9900. Here's Ron. By the way, remember a few weeks ago we had a few calls. Uh, who, the gentleman called in about the Mustang. He was looking for performance brakes and I couldn't think of the name of the Brake Pad Company. Well, Shelby Jimmy rose to the rescue. I, sh- I, I, I emailed Jimmy a, about a week ago, and he had to dig through his files, and he found that it was Porterfield. Porterfieldbrakes.com. Actually, there's a hyphen in between Porterfield and Brakes. But we've been he and I have been using Porterfield Brakes on both of our classic hot rod cars for quite some time now. Good results, good stopping power. Uh, don't wear, don't fade. So you might want to take a look at them. brakes.com and see what that gets you. Um, if you're looking for something in a performance application. John in Oregon, 04 Ford Explorer. How can I help, sir? What's going on?
7: Hey, Ron. I'm getting a uh, code for a fuel level indicator. Okay. So I took it over to the mechanic. He diagnosed the code and I said, what's the diagnosis on this on this car? And he says, well, you need a new fuel bundle. If the gauge is still working and the fuel pump's still working, you need a new system, a fuel bundle, I guess. So
5: A fuel sender?
7: Um, Fuel sender, yeah. Okay. Was it so all? He didn't P-0... Look it up on the rack. He didn't do anything to diagnose it further. That's just what he told me.
5: Was it a P zero four sixty three, John?
7: I don't remember the code, and I was trying to, to look it up. I got an tell and I and I and I didn't have time to look it up this morning. But okay. it was something like that. Yeah. All right.
5: So, so let's just let's just talk about it for a quick second. A P0463 or a fuel level sender. The reason that sets a check engine light is because the vehicle computer needs to know fuel level. So it's it's part of its information package so it knows to run various tests and, and monitors, for example, evaporative emissions. It's going to run the EVAP monitor based on fuel level, or it's, it's one of the inputs for, for EVAP monitor to run. So it's it's not going to run it above three quarters or below a quarter. That's one of the inputs it has to clear in order for it to run. So, you know, lack of that input is why the, you know, that's why the uh, check engine light turns on. Uh, mm-hmm. For everybody out there saying, why would a gas gauge make a check engine light turn on? It's part of the emissions package. Everything's related to emissions when it comes to that light. That's all they're concerned okay. about. So, that okay. being said, this is an 04. This is a 2004 Ford Explorer, right?
7: Right. How many right. miles on it? 145,000.
5: Plan on keeping the car?
7: You know, I bought it new. There's no salt out here in Oregon. It's been in the garage. Paint's good. I use the 26 Yellow Wax. Right. Looks new. But I put a tranny in it. <laughs> I don't know. I think probably.
5: You know this speech.
7: Uh, I know. Yeah. All right. yeah, you know this. Speech. Yeah, so, so I bought I bought a bundle and I went online. I talked to the mechanic about it. We checked with Ford and the Motorcraft fuel unit assembly unit. I got online and it was about half the price of the dealer. So I'm just hope I'm going down the right road. Um, I'm almost tempted to do it myself. I've got a four post lift, but. Yeah, it's on the regular. He quoted me three hundred seventy dollars for labor, which I don't think is too bad for
5: no. that job. No, to take the tank down, absolutely not. To the but take now, the tank
7: down. But now, yeah, our, I our... bought a, I bought a, I bought a, uh, a, a filter for it as okay. well. So I, while the tank's down, so I think I'm on going the right direction.
5: Yeah, I think so. But now, let me ask you: Are you doing a, a complete fuel pump assembly or just the level sender?
7: Assembly. Like yeah. we we talked, and I you know I said well, as long as we're in there, let's just do let's, it all. Let's so just do a pump. Sure,
5: again. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I think that okay. makes perfect sense, and I think okay. I think you're going in the right direction. And okay, you know, it's it's just make sure that when you're buying it online, mm-hmm. that you're buying uh, from a reputable source. You know, there's there's places on Amazon where you'll see you know Motorcraft. And It's coming from China, and it's not real motorcraft, and you kind of don't know until you get it, and then that's that's a problem unto itself, John. So you have to be careful of that. Um, Just for giggles, if you haven't gotten it yet, check out O'ReillyAuto.com, see if O'Reilly Auto Parts has it, and see what kind of pricing you can get there, and that's quick and easy enough. I'm Ron Anning, the Car Doctor. We are back right after this. Don't go away. (laughs) One name in the car, doctor, I thought, of, hey, Tom, I'm still here. <laughs> Tom, you're there, Tom. Tom. Oh,
6: Unfortunately, Tom. you are still there. Well,
5: you know, so we're going good today, right? Should we tell everybody what, what experiment we're trying today? Does it matter?
6: Um, Probably doesn't matter, but it's actually cool for the geeks in the crowd. I am uh, actually controlling the audio console control board that's in the studio right over there where I was standing last week, and I'm controlling it from my house.
5: Right. We're really automating the whole thing, so yeah. we're we're working so, towards that moment. You know, you, you know where this is headed, right? Uh, a new host? Well, basically, <laughs> um, no. I'm only where where we want this to go is um, uh, Tom. I want to buy an RV. I'm going to tell you this right here. uh Oh, and I think it would be really cool if I could tour America. You know, the wife and I would go out and drive around America, and every week I'd do the radio show from a different city.
6: And why do I think it'll be outfitted like the one in stripes?
5: Yeah, right, exactly, because <laughs> we'll need full weaponry. Oh, absolutely. Oh, we would.
6: Come on. Right, yeah, you know. Um, satellite antenna, you have to have a jacuzzi? Come on, man. Right,
5: yeah, absolutely. I would need all that. But uh, that's that's, that's kind of what this is about. We're, we're sort of getting ready for the next level, the next generation of the car doctor as we... Uh, Continue to look and expand. So uh, I'm not getting older. I'm getting better, folks.
6: That that's okay. You'll go out to some place, and we'll just sit here and say, "Hey, Ron's out here. If you show up, you're part of the show."
5: Right. Well, we could do that too. Um, you know, That'd be it's cool. It's That'd be very cool. Although, you know, car doctor sightings get a little weird. I, um. Uh, I'll tell you a story later about I had I had something going on this morning at the pet store, but that's a whole nother story. Well, the car Um, doctor
6: is a little weird, so hey. Well, yeah, I know
5: it's it's you know. Well, I was buying. I went to the. I had to go get dog food today, and and um, I I walked in, and Kim at the dog food store in Ramsey, very nice, very sweet, and um, you know she knows who I am, she knows what I do, and she doesn't make a big deal out of it, which is the way it's supposed to be, right? It's just just somebody talking about cars. It's not a big deal, and. Another woman came in and Kim asked me a car question and I kind of rattled off the answer. And the other woman stood there and her jaw kind of, (laughs) huh? You know, you could see the, because I don't think about it. I just start answering questions like I'm, you know, just, it's like, what color is the sky? Well, the sky is blue. It's made up of several clouds today. It's the winds are blowing in from the Southeast you know, and I just kind of do that. And the woman went, geez, do you know who you, and Kim said, that's because, and I said, I have to go. (laughs) 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 I love it. <laughs> and um, you know, who was that
6: masked man? Well,
5: it's kind of, it, and it really was. Again, I'm wearing the mask, right? It's this this whole masked man thing is just, you know. So where's That's the funny. where's the Lone Ranger when you need him? Anyway, let me go over and talk to Steve in Wisconsin. He's waiting there very patiently, listening to us babble. Steve in Wisconsin, sir, how can we help today? What's going on?
6: Hi, yes, sir. Uh, uh, everything's fine here in Wisconsin. Cool. Uh, just, just, uh, just talk.
5: Our batteries. S- say it again, Steve. You're, you're, everything may be fine in Wisconsin, but the phone connection isn't doing so great. Uh, your voice is all garbled all of a sudden. Is that better? Is that better? No, that's not better. Steve, call us back on a different okay. line. Tom, let me take this. Um, let me, let me, let me do it like this. You know, it's funny Steve brings that up. I think Steve wanted to talk about rejuvenating batteries. I had reached out to Gary Mackey at Associated and we were talking about it because the whole idea of rejuvenating batteries to me is interesting. The idea that you can extend the life of a battery by, you know, using a desulfator and breaking it down and recharging and Gary, Uh Gary wrote, Oh, you're there. Steve, I am here now. Okay, there we go. And um, Steve actually wrote back and he said "The the caller with solar equipment was talking about rejuvenating large batteries by putting high voltage to break down the sulfation on the plate is off base. Now, this is coming from Associated. As we all know, high voltage above the recommended level by battery type will damage the battery. All of our wheel chargers have a feature called deep discharge recovery mode. This rejuvenation mode works with our patented pulse technology mode which hits the battery with one second on, one second off, which flexes the plates in the battery to help knock off the scaling on the plates. We can almost always bring back deeply discharged batteries to voltage in the 14s, but that doesn't mean the battery has the ability to hold CCA ratings. You really need a load tester to see how well it performs after charging. That makes sense to me. And that's what I was re- thats what I was kind of noodling as I'm listening to everybody talk about rejuvenating batteries with these de- desulfators. What was your comment, Steve? Well, my
6: comment is, uh, I I've been three years industry a couple
5: of years in the gas station. <laughs> yeah, hey Steve, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tell you, Steve, I gotta tell you the 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 phone's breaking up again. I'll tell you what, let's pull over and take a pause early, Tom. See if you can get him back on a different phone line because I'd love to hear Steve. I'd love to hear your input. Just uh, try and get on a better phone. It's it's imperative. I don't want to torture everybody. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Ron and Andy, the car doctor, we're coming back right after this.
7: I got my first real six-string Bought it at the five and done Played it till my fingers bled Was a
1: summer of 69 Welcome back.
5: Ron Naney, The Car Doctor, here at 855-560-9900. Let's see if Steve's there. Steve, are you there, sir? Steve. Steve. Yes, much much better than new. So okay, go ahead. So uh, we were talking about battery rejuvenation and and recharging and rejuvenation mode and uh, refreshes. Mm-hmm. What what uh, what are your thoughts on it? Because I know you have some comments.
6: Well, my father taught me years and years ago, like over forty years ago, how to rejuvenate a battery, and I've been using that. I have a uh, emergency. Power inverter, and I have a couple of deep cycle batteries that I use to power that just you know just in short time emergencies, I like using that instead of buying a a uh, a whole complete system to do it right it's well anyway, so these batteries naturally because they they don't get used a lot will will over time sulfate right so. Here's the method I use and the method I was taught. The first thing is to discharge the battery completely. I use like a 2057 light bulb wired in where you've got two elements burning. And you could use a headlight or anything. So you, you discharge that battery completely. In the, my case, it takes about 24 hours to completely discharge it. Then the second, that you, second thing you do is remove the caps, add water as needed, and leave the caps off. And then don't use an automatic charger. Don't use one of these newfangled deals. Just use a basic 6-amp charger. Uh, probably best would be one of those that you have two choices, 2 amps or 6 amps. Because a completely dead battery, sometimes if you start out with 6 amps, it'll break, blow the circuit breaker uh, in the charger. So you basically charge it at 6 amps for 24 hours is about the normal time. And it starts out unnaturally, not being overcharging, but it becomes a case where it's overcharging the battery. That's not a bad thing. That helps to desulfate the battery. And then, after 24 hours of charging, let the battery uh, let the battery sit for another 24 hours before checking your standing voltage. If at that time it's 12.5 volts or more, you're done. If it's less than 12.5 volts, Repeat the process. You can do this as many times as you want to. It doesn't hurt the battery, unless, of course, you didn't add water to a low cell. And it works perfectly good. It's not costly and uh, doesn't hurt anything. And it'll bring a battery back to almost new life.
1: I, I
5: think this debate is going to go on for some time, Steve. Because I'll, I'll 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 leave it here for today, and I appreciate your input. I'm not saying you're wrong because I'm I'm sure what you did works and it works for you. I don't, you know, I don't discount or discourage something. Mm-hmm. Somebody says it works, it works, right? My cons- mm-hmm. my thought is because I part I agree with what you're saying, but I also agree with what Gary's saying. I'd love to see a load tester on that battery, and how does that battery hold up on a CCA load test? Because to yeah, me, see that,
6: that? I, I have not load tested right. the batteries, so I couldn't answer that one.
5: But if you're telling me now, are you using these batteries to start a vehicle or power something in your home in the event of an electrical failure?
6: It's, it's for emergency use. Uh, for instance, I have a 1,500-slash-3,000-peak uh, inverter. I use that uh, in the summertime if we have a power outage. It keeps my freezer in the garage. It keeps my refrigerator freezer in the house. Keeps them cold so we don't, you know, if it's a three-day power right. outage, so we right. don't ruin anything. In the winter time, uh I have a gas fireplace, but the fan won't work if there's no power. So I'll power that, that fan and then end up uh, everybody else is shivering in their houses when there's a power outage. I'm just toasty warm. Right. So it just, and and there's another reason why you do it that way. Any of these other uh, systems are one, they're very expensive. If you got a portable system, you have the situation where it it sits and the gas gets old in it. With this system, with two batteries, if one of the batteries goes down, at the mean, you can put that on on your car. You have uh, two cars in the garage, you have two tanks full of gas you can sit and charge up the uh, depleted battery while you use the second battery to keep your house going. Right. Uh, and it's, it's inexpensive, I mean, this inverter costs like $140.
5: I wonder how yeah, that battery okay. would, you know, hold up everyday use in an automobile. You know, as I've, as I've said before, that I think if the technology was viable for the automobile on a continuous basis... They would have applied it by now. The you know short of hey, we want to sell you a new battery every four to six years. I think it would be a big boon to the environment that we wouldn't have to be dealing with recycling batteries, taking things apart, and you know re remanufacturing another battery for that one's replacement. But I think right. perhaps in your scenario, where and for everyone else that's using it to power an inverter or something around the house, that electrical failure backup system maybe it does work. So I won't I won't discount it. I I will say that for Gary to say that regarding how Associated sees it, Associated equipment is one of the industry's leaders. And they I don't see where they profit from selling batteries. They profit from charging batteries and testing batteries. That's their thing. And I right. I, I, I don't think they have any skin in the game to say, hey, don't buy a battery, charge it. I think that doesn't matter to them um you know i will say that also i want to comment and i'll i'll leave it here i'll just ask you the question real quick answer in 30 seconds or less how many people do you think would put up with recharging a battery such as you're describing today you know it takes a lot of patience to do that right
6: you're you're right. Probably not a lot. I'm right. 73, and so I got a lot of time. Right,
5: you know it's it's people get aggravated when their cell phone doesn't work after three months, and they're screaming yeah. for a new one. So if to, to expect them to take the responsibility and re, you know recharge a battery, yeah, right. not so much. Steve, I appreciate I, the call, and I appreciate I you calling back and, and and your thoughts, sir. Thank you very much. Yep. Thank you. Have you, a good day. You're very welcome. You take good care. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Ron and Andy, the car doctor, coming
1: back right after this.
5: welcome back we're on the car doctor let's get over to is walter there walter are you there sir i think walter went away look at that we had walt from hawaii all scheduled to go and i think i think walter ran away um how could that possibly happen so let me jump on to the next thing here i actually wanted to talk about this hour anyway i wanted to get this out of the way um i want to talk a little bit about an article i got from micah up in maine and I always appreciate Micah's, Micah's input like everybody else. It's an article that appeared in Auto Trader, and it talks about advanced driver assistance could be to blame for distracted drivers. And the article goes on to study. It's a study from Virginia Tech Transportation Institute reports a few key findings, including how driver behavior based on technology in their cars is creating accidents. It defines driver aids. What are driver aids? Driver aids are things that, you know, adaptive cruise control, lane keeping assistance, you know, uh, some of the things self-steering that we, you know, we've kind of becoming commonplace now, right? It's things that are keeping us on the road and keeping us safe and keeping us pointed in in the right direction. And the issue the article goes on to talk about is that a lot of times it's drivers are doing a variety of things. We're either counting on the technology too much. It takes us too long to get the technology to work, or we're fascinated by it such that we're playing with it on the road and we're distracted to the point that we actually have an accident. And you know, it's a problem. Listen, it's hard, right? I went to Baltimore oh, two months ago in my daughter's escape, and she's got adaptive cruise control, and it is kind of fascinating, right? I set the cruise control for sixty-two. Or whatever the speed limit was, wherever we were on I ninety five, and it would slow down and keep up, and slow down and keep up, and you can make good time, but you're you're kind of watching the speedometer. You have to. It's it's a mental thing where you have to stop, stop, and you know don't argue. You're you're, you're fighting, looking at the speedometer as the car does its thing, and in the, the adaptive cruise control kicks in and does what it wants to do, and it makes me think that perhaps, well maybe i know that we've we've over technologized we put too much technology in the car people aren't ready for this how much of this do we need Uh, you know we're going to have to give it up look we're not flying to mars we're going down to the local stop and shop to buy groceries and it's a question of do we need all this technology to take the trip around the block or are we slowly making it so complicated nobody's going to be able to do it i had a conversation with somebody today that kind of referenced you know is the car so complicated that nobody's going to be able to afford to drive them much less fix them and i said or are we making them so complicated nobody will be able to do either something to think about i'm ron Anany and in the car doctor reminding you this time every time each time for a good time good mechanics aren't expensive they're priceless see ya
0: Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
7: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family